because an over-reliance on, I suppose, your own rigid perception, it blinds you. It stops you from seeing another person's perspective. It restricts your empathy completely and it creates ignorance that you might not even see. It actually, in my opinion, stops you from living a full life because you're only ever seeing it through one lens. And what a shame, really, to only see life one way for your whole life. Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself and if you're not happy with your own choices then you're never going to be happy. Hello everyone, the hoodie is on, the tea is brewed and the weather is gloomy. Perfect podcasting weather today and perfect time to discuss a book that I read, I finished reading this a few weeks ago and I asked the Insta if you wanted to hear some kind of review to which so many people replied and said, yes, of course, I must, I must do a review. The thing is, though, I started writing, I guess, a bit of a plan for this episode. And it really, really wouldn't make sense for me to give you a kind of review of the different strategies or tactics that were spoken about in this book because of how the book is written. So I'm going to do something a little bit different, which I will get into in a second. But first, if you haven't heard of the book, it is called Never Split the Difference. And it's a book about negotiation to most people. Uh, I think as a result of many things I've learned about communication and active listening over the last year, I view this book slightly differently and more about people and how they work and ultimately how you can, I suppose, use that to your advantage and to their advantage as well. Chris Voss, the main author of this book, is a former FBI hostage negotiator who actually started his negotiation career by volunteering at a suicide prevention hotline and then honed his skills through various experiences and roles to eventually be a truly respected and accomplished negotiator. Very cool. And I think what made this book so interesting was his ability to tell stories and then connect the relevance of those stories to the strategies and skills. It's really, really well written. It actually gave me a lot of ideas and insights to how I would write a book if I was to write a book. It's incredibly well written. And to my point earlier, there's no way in my mind to cover the methods effectively through a podcast episode. So I'd really recommend listening or reading the book. I did take a lot of notes while reading though and I do this with lots of books where I want to remember things and I would recommend doing this too uh, putting notes in them highlighting it's really helpful to reflect so I've put a lot of those notes into this episode but I haven't even covered half of them to be honest I had a lot of notes and I have a lot of thoughts I was starting to plan out this episode and I was thinking I'm not going to have much for this this is definitely going to be probably 15-20 minutes of an overview and then I started writing 
and I've now realized that I have so much to talk about and it just sparked so many things in my mind. It was weird. Like it was a book about negotiation, which you'd think would be quite flat and just like tactic example, tactic example, but the book wasn't written like that and it really ignited my curiosity in a lot of ways to explore I guess different parts of my opinion on things and on people which was cool like there was so many times within this book that I reflected on other things that I had learned or taken from other people and then it just advanced those perspectives which I'm going to share some of those also the rain is getting heavier so if you can hear I hope that it just provides a nice ambiance that is not how you say that word ambience ambiance ambience you know what I'm talking about to the episode so negotiation is communication essentially and to be an effective negotiator you have to be an effective communicator and to be an effective communicator I believe at least you need to be a good listener active listening is a skill that can be learnt and it's a highly underrated tool that can be used for both yours and the other person's benefit. I mean, it's all people at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if you're negotiating with a terrorist or a business owner. They're both human. And that in itself is such an interesting path to let your mind wander down. And a main theme that, in my opinion, came across really strong in this book is that it doesn't matter who you're talking to. At the end of the day, it's all people. And I think most people imagine or have this idea when you're negotiating with a terrorist or criminal, for example, that you're negotiating with a complete psychotic animal who was just born to kill and is, you know, you kind of dehumanize them a little bit. But that's not true at all. They had a childhood. Who knows what that was like. They had to function in society and they had to build a life for themselves. So how has that impacted the decisions that they make today? And how do you incorporate that into your communication with them? How do you actively listen to understand what they truly want? And I think that was a cool perspective to be able to lean into by reading the the experiences of an FBI hostage negotiator who is obviously been in some incredibly high stress situations and trying to imagine through these stories like the relevance of that to an everyday conversation either in business or within your career so in order to do that in order to actively listen and understand what they truly want it involves empathy and to do it in that situation would involve more than most people have I would say active listening and empathy it's going to keep you focused and calm and get you to the root of the ne- of the negotiation quicker than anything else. I guess because also in many ways, even though you are empathetic and you're using those active listening skills, you can remove the emotion out of it slightly by thinking, what is this person's behavior telling me about who they are and how am I using that to get the result that I want, I suppose, in a negotiation point of view. But I also think these same tactics can be used to just have deeper connections with people as well. And a lot of the strategies within the book are tools that you can use in order to be a better listener because most of the time it really is about just getting the other person to talk more and then being strategic with what you say and at what points and how you understand them better the more they talk, of course. It's actually funny how so many concepts of people are the same across different areas in life. I find this with the intersection of 
personal growth and financial literacy there's so much crossover and it is because we are all human so it makes sense but for example loss aversion is an important part of negotiating because it's a cognitive bias we have as humans that means we tend to take greater risks to avoid losses than to achieve gains so within an argument something you can do is raise the other person's awareness of the fact that they have something to lose and so that will help lean them towards a certain outcome this bias it also affects our investing behavior as well and something that I spoke about in an episode uh, with Tammy Paper from the FMA around how to invest in a volatile market we can have the perception that when our money which is very important to us is kind of put in a risky situation we have this perception that we will lose something especially if you know there's a dip or something so We make emotional decisions to act, which usually mean we lose more as a result. For example, selling shares in a crash before they have an opportunity to recover post-recession or post-crash is a result of that loss aversion that we have naturally as humans. And so this doesn't just tie into investing, but of course ties into so many areas of a person's general life. I think another important theme of active listening from this book has been the understanding that negotiation is a process of discovery, which I think was a cool quote. A mentor of mine once told me that you should go into every conversation with the intent to learn something. And I remember that in every intense conversation I go into. Intense and confrontational situations to me now are purely viewed as an opportunity to learn and to test myself which makes them way less scary because I'm like this is just a learning opportunity Uh, and often that means I sometimes will act better or you know come across more confident but I try to take this into every intense conversation the thing that I'm trying to do now um, as well as doing that is build it as a habit in every conversation in general whether that's with my mum or my best friend or whoever it is trying to build it as a habit in every single conversation you know go into it with the intent to learn something no matter what it's about I was also listening to an episode of Diary of a CEO uh, just earlier today coincidentally with Malcolm Gladwell who wrote Outliers Uh, This is a book that I listen to and it's about what makes successful people different, which ironically, it ends up concluding that the difference between, I guess, what makes successful people different is the result of cumulative advantages. For example, your culture or the time or place of your birth. It's thought-provoking and slightly deflating take on success. It's an interesting read though. Anyway, Aside from that, within this episode, um, Malcolm Gladwell made a comment that stuck with me, which was, think of curiosity as a habit as opposed to a trait. So his point is that you can teach and then encourage yourself to be curious. You don't need to be innately curious, which is so encouraging to me because it means that anyone can teach themselves to pull those breadcrumbs of learning from every conversation and every person they talk to. I used to think that I was this innately curious person and over time I've gotten way more curious and I'm thinking oh this is just because I'm leaning into my curiosity but actually I think it's because I'm putting myself in more positions to be curious and I'm asking myself to keep asking why and I'm building that habit for myself. I definitely think podcasters and writers have a bit of an advantage with this one because 
you know, with me, for example, I'm obviously interviewing people most weeks. And so I have that opportunity to continue to ask why and be interested in that. And that definitely bleeds into my normal conversations with people. Like I will sometimes treat conversations like they're a podcast episode just by default, um, which maybe sometimes I need to pull out of. But writers as well, if, if you're someone who is, to, is a journalist and has to write a column or write things, you're kind of forcing yourself to be curious about different things in order to have things to write about. So essentially the point of saying all that is that if negotiation is a process of discovery, then going into every conversation with the intent to learn something is a thing that anyone can do. And sometimes it's not as easy as it seems, right? Because not everyone wears their emotion on their face. So taking things from the conversation about maybe a person's underlying feelings might not always be the most obvious. I definitely wear my emotion on my face. It is very easy to read me in certain situations, I feel, but often this can be harder. So one thing you're trying to discover in these conversations is what the presenting behavior, so what the person is doing, can say about their underlying feeling. Now this next concept that was in relation to kind of figuring out what their underlying feeling is, is so incredibly interesting. And this definitely created a path for me to go in all sorts of directions. It was around the known knowns and the unknown unknowns in negotiating. So these are the things, you know, that are hidden within communication that you can't identify, but you might know are there. So the known unknowns, for example, are things that you don't know yet, but you know will be hidden within the conversation. So, you know, going into those conversations with the intent to learn something and assuming that there will be things you don't know is important. And it solidified in my mind the importance of keeping a beginner's mindset, I suppose, or a beginner's perspective in every interaction, which is something I intentionally try to do when talking to guests or learning and also being brave with my questions and not being afraid to ask questions when I don't understand because I want to bring that beginner's mindset to everything I do. People are people. How do we connect more with them through a beginner's mindset? And I think, you know, don't overestimate what you've been through to think that you know what they're talking about at any particular time. And don't undervalue what is served to you within that conversation. Don't undervalue the experience of someone else. And that basically means stay flexible and adaptable to what you do and what you do not know as well as what you think the other person is telling you to do that and you might need to even stop and think about it for a bit but it requires you to be quite conscious within your interactions with people you know once you start to catch on to unconscious bias or where you are kind of placing your experience onto someone else's experience that they're talking about you you keep noticing it so I think it's an important thing to be aware of for example you know thinking the way someone does something is in air quotes weird is a result of what your worldview is which usually is a group of some unconscious and some conscious beliefs about how things should in air quotes again be so if someone seems insane or something they do is just like unbelievable to me it could be in some ways, due to my lack of empathy and understanding the underlying feelings of their presenting behavior, as we spoke about earlier. So I I try now, and this is something I'm working on more and more 
every day is to never assume that anything, in air quotes, should be any type of way. So to remain adaptable and flexible in that sense is really important. I try to catch myself out in this thinking when I do tend to make an assumption of the, the thing that someone else does by asking why, you know, why do you think, why do I think this way and then keep asking until I get an answer and gain empathy for my own thinking and empathy for the person speaking across from me. It's relevant to the idea of online bullies as well. Like if someone is commenting on my TikTok and being like, oh my God, that dress you're wearing is ugly or weird or your style is strange, I don't get it. That could potentially be coming from their insecurity and lack of understanding of who they are and then they're reflecting that on someone who is perceived to know who they are. So for someone who's really self-aware in that circumstance, they're going to analyze that and be like, oh, okay, I have empathy for myself because there's obviously an insecurity here that I haven't tackled and that I probably need to look into. But I'm also having empathy for that other person by understanding where that self-expression comes from. I mean, dressing probably isn't a good example. It might be a better example might be around an opinion they have. Because an opinion someone has will usually be as a result of their worldview and their experience. And if you have one different, then that's as a result of your worldview and your experience. And so you can have empathy for both sides of that. I don't know if you ever experienced this when you were younger, but like going over to people's houses for the first time and say their household just runs differently to yours. And you're like, this is so strange. But actually, it's just because it's different from your experience. And I actually vividly remember having these thoughts quite young like going over to people's houses and things just operating slightly differently like for example you know someone's parents only cooking vegetarian food and me being at like 12 having dinner at their house being like what the fuck you guys don't eat meat like that's weird and then reflecting on that later on and thinking oh it's not weird at all it's just that they have their beliefs about that and so that then influences their worldview and I have my opinions not that I had opinions on eating meat at 12 but you know what I mean and that is a result of how I've been brought up in my worldview even in financial literacy as an example like keep a beginner's mind I always I intentionally stay ignorant to understanding financial concepts for this reason like never assume that you know anything about anything and then from my side I never want to assume that you know anything about anything because then that takes away the accessibility of the content I'm trying to put out Don't always assume you're wrong either, but don't always assume that there's only one right way or one way in general to think about something. I actually had an example of this the other day, which was a financial advisor I was talking to had an opinion on how to pay down debt, which was completely uh, contrasting to many other financial advisors I'd spoken to in their opinion on paying down debt. And when I first started this podcast game, I was like, oh, okay, if a financial advisor says something, then I take it as gospel because they've studied and they know what they're talking about. But actually, financial advisors have different opinions too. So it's working out which one makes more sense for you and kind of understanding why they think the way that is and then applying that or making that relevant to you in your life. I also just find that whole concept so interesting about how you know, different cultures, different people in the world have different ways of doing things. And 
it's all normal to everyone that's in it because that's their worldview and their perspective but then other people will look at it and be like I just don't get it I just don't understand and there's so many examples of that that people go on about with just this complete lack of self-awareness as to how they're viewing it and how they're only seeing it from their perception and then there's there's things that we do see uh, have a lack of self-awareness but yeah I mean that could be another episode (laughs) but yeah I guess further explaining that is an over-reliance on the known knowns. So these are the things that you know exist within your communication with someone. So in your communication with someone else, you might know something to be true. And so you stick with that. You always believe that. And I used to be this kind of person where if I had an opinion about something to do with morals or values, that was so close to my heart that it could not shift or be flexible, which is something I've tried to completely remove from my personality or like that sounds kind of dramatic, but, you know, remove that rigidness from my perception of the world because an over-reliance on, I suppose, your own rigid perception, it blinds you. It stops you from seeing another person's perspective. It restricts your empathy completely and it creates ignorance that you might not even see. It actually, in my opinion, stops you from living a full life because you're only ever seeing it through one lens. And what a shame, really, to only see life one way for your whole life. I want to see it a million different ways if I can and even live it a million different ways So to bring it back to negotiation, I think when you're in a discussion with someone or you're trying to communicate, if you're only living into your worldview and your perspective of how things should be, you're actually limiting your ability to understand someone else. And there will be, you know, I'm not saying you can live completely without that bias or their unconscious ignorance because I definitely have unconscious bias and I'm actually reading a book at the moment about how to I'm listening to it sorry about how to try and be more aware of that and I think self-awareness is really really key but if you can try to be more aware of that you will be able to have a deeper connection with someone and therefore find out what they really want and then use the tools and the tactics discussed specifically in the book to do that. It's a big conversation in itself though, you know, that reliance of your own perspective and how things should be and I think it also leans into that stereotype of travellers, like you know when there's a joke about people who do an OE and they come back and now they're just so worldly and they see things differently. That's exactly why is because they've stopped just seeing the world from their perspective and they've suddenly seen it from someone else's perspective in a completely different environment. So I haven't even had that yet. I haven't even done my own traveling, but I am set to do some soon which I'm very excited about. And I I can't wait to have these experiences where I can continue to build my strength within communication and understanding others and widen my perspective of what the world is and who people can be and develop on my own imagination, I suppose. You thought you were coming here for an episode on how to ask for a pay rise, weren't you? I don't think I'll make the title relevant to the book because it's just gone way off now. But like I said, I really don't think I'd be able to effectively communicate the tactics without 
you having read the stories in the books. Although I did find a good article that describes all the different concepts that Chris speaks about in this book. So I'm going to link that below if you want to read that in addition as like supplementary learning to this episode um, because it was really good. Overall, my thinking and my main thoughts of what has come out of this book is that people are people and in order to effectively communicate with others, you need to understand what they want and that comes through active listening and empathy, which are developed through a series of different tools and learnings and process of being self-aware And if you do that, you can become an incredibly effective communicator and negotiator and probably get whatever you want, really. And it's probably a, not dangerous, but some, like it's a amazing skill that you can develop is the ability to understand people in a way that they've never been understood before and to then use that to your advantage and manipulate them, which obviously is not the ideal, but you could do that. So that's why I'm saying it's a potentially dangerous skill. <laughs> this book in some ways could be a key to creating a better, more empathetic, more empathetic, sorry, and thoughtful world if we could all become a lot better at having insightful and just all-around pleasant interactions with other people. So I'd read this, read this book for the more specific strategies, as I'd said, like asking for a pay rise or winning a winning a deal in business but I wanted to bring my thoughts and perspective on that because it was just sitting in my notes and let's be real wouldn't have gone anywhere otherwise I have no idea what I'm going to call this episode but I hope that you enjoyed or took something from that perspective or at least made you think in some way about how you can have more effective communications with people and develop a deeper understanding and deeper connections with people if you do have any thoughts on it and want to continue the conversation, please, by all means, reach out to me on Instagram at The One Up Project. And I'd love to put a cheeky little shout out to, not a shout out at all, but just a request if you've been enjoying the pod to give me a review and a rating. That would be highly appreciated. But otherwise, I look forward to speaking to you next week. And yeah, have an amazing week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there.